messing around and taking a little light nap. So today, um, I dug out my old baseball cards. Mm-hmm. You had baseball cards when you were a kid? Yeah, I had some baseball cards when I was a kid in like a foot long. It wasn't a shoebox, but it was the size of a shoebox mm-hmm. and the front pulled out and it was made of metal. Nice. Yeah. So I had like this full blown like binder with them in, you know, like the kids used to like put their Pokemon cards in or whatever. Yeah. I had full blown binder of baseball cards and like, you know, like rubber banded stacks or whatever. So I'm, you know, old er, and, uh, you know, these baseball cards are from like 2000. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, inflation, you know, economy's a little tight. Let's see what these bad boys are worth. So I just started like cranking them out and seeing like getting on Google and uh, trying to find out what they're worth. So I have like an old, uh, got a couple old King Griffey Jr. cards, Nolan Ryan. Um, and I think the one that's probably the best is an old Bo Jackson card. Um, but the problem with these baseball cards is that there's, I mean, you'd have to take it to an expert or something because, so I Googled this Bo Jackson card. It's an old 1990 card. Um, I don't even know why I have a 1990 card. I wasn't alive. Um, but it's an old 1990 Bo Jackson card. And it's supposed to be like super rare because it's got like this, I don't know, an uh, error on it. Um, so I Google it and like it pops up on eBay. It's like $1,200, $5,000 for one of these things. I'm oh like, my Holy goodness. smokes. And then you like. Because it has an error on the card? Yeah, yeah. So you keep scrolling through the card and you're like, all right, this same card, $1,200, $5,000, $3,000, Like, wait, what? What? What's going on? Is this worth $1,200 or is it worth $2? Because I need to know because that's a very significant difference. (laughs) That's the difference between I'm selling this right now and I'm just going to throw it back in the shoebox and put it back in our storage area. Like, I, and I have no idea what determines the difference because I like flipped through the listing, looked at all the pictures on eBay and everything, and they're like the same card. So you don't know what the difference is between the cards. So you don't know don't what your card is, is worth. I think the only difference is what this person has listed it for, for sale. So I tried going through like the sold versions of it. That wasn't very helpful, but. I don't know. I have to take, I'll probably pull out like some of the better ones. Like I have uh, some Mariano Rivera cards for some reason, 10 year old Kelly was very into the New York Yankees, which is very disappointing as you know, 30 year old Kelly. I'm disappointed in my 10 year old self. I had lots of Yankees cards, Mariano Rivera, Jorge Posada. Um, man, there's some other really good Yankees um, that I had, um, but pull some of those out and, you know, go to a, a card shop or something and see what, if anything, they're worth. You know, what you should do is buy out the market on the $2 eBay Bo Jackson cards. <laughs> so they're not there anymore. And then list you yours go. at like $1,199. It's a Undercut bargain. your competition. There you go. Boom. And off of free That's shipping. That's a bad idea. Free, yeah. shipping. <laughs> free shipping gets you every time. Don't jump on that. <laughs> every time. Yeah, I'm sure they will. So, uh, yeah, so welcome to uh, Unqualified. I'm Kelly. And I'm Nick. And, and I think today we're going to uh, talk about um, yeah, getting into to, uh, some discipline, 
some spiritual disciplines and, and some workout disciplines. So uh, where do you want to start, Nick? I think first let's talk about how you and I have personally built our own spiritual disciplines over time. We'll have that conversation and then we'll carry it into how we also build our own fitness disciplines. Uh, We'll just see where it takes us. (laughs) Man, we're going to be here for a minute. All right. All right. So I guess you want to start? Tell us how you build your spiritual disciplines. How you've learned that over time and kind of where you've landed, what you see works now. Yeah. Um, So I think like when I started, um, you know, in college, uh, my senior year, I was trying to um, just get back with the Lord. I knew that's where I needed to be. Um, So I was determined to read my Bible. So I remember vividly sitting down in the easy chair in my apartment and I just break open my Bible to wherever random, you know, Bible verse it fall on. And um, that didn't get me very far. Um, So I joined a student ministry when I uh, came to grad school um, out in Kansas. And that was pretty good. Um, I knew a couple guys who like recommended like journaling through the Bible. I wasn't really into that because I was, you know, this cool dude. I didn't need to journal or anything. That's kind of weird. Um, but I just read my Bible, you know, institute that as a, as a discipline. I think I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, um, you know, I'd read in the morning, um, just read for a little bit, but um, kind of along being part of, um, you know, I was in graduate school, I was very studious. Um, so that's the way I approached scripture. Um, just like, you know, one chapter, boom, done, you know, I'm good for the day or whatever. Um, then I kind of grew and evolved, um, into, um, so I had like that set spiritual, like daily getting into the word, at least, um, how deep it was going. That's a whole other discussion. Um, but the discipline was there. Um, then, um, you know, moved out to Pennsylvania, um, had a couple of great guys, you know, come alongside me and, and show me how to like study the word and really apply it um, to your life. Um, so I started, um, you know, actually doing journaling, um, following reading plans through the Bible, um, you know, books at a time, letting things marinate and study and sit. Um, so now um, for, you know, the last several years, you know, it's just been a steady you know, daily wake up, get your coffee. Uh, you know, I set it the night before. So it's ready when I wake up. Um, I have my place where I'm going to go. I have a plan for what I'm going to read. Um, it's not random. Uh, the only time that it's random is when I'm switching books. So like I just finished reading Acts and Romans. Um, so I'm pivoting to uh, the Old Testament. So I figured I'd uh, take a crack at Exodus, which I don't think I've ever tried to read um, in, in its entirety, at least. So that was a little bit random, but at least I know, you know, hey, I'm going to be in Exodus for a while. Um, and I know that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to read, um, you know, a section of Exodus. Um, it's turning out to be a little over a chapter because I read the chapter and I'm interested in what comes after the chapter. So I just keep reading. And then I journal over, you know, what hits me and, and, uh, and try to apply it to my life and spend some time in prayer. Um, yeah, that's, that's what it looks like. Um, you know, it's ebbed and flowed, but there's always been that, that morning time, um, for me. And it's definitely grown a lot from 10, almost 10 years ago, um, from where I started randomly opening my Bible. Hmm. Well, I think 
one of the things that stood out to me is that you mentioned is having kind of a level of consistency these days when you're reading mm -hmm. your Bible of, Hey, I'm going to get up at this time and I'm going to go to this place in my house. I'm going to get my coffee. Yeah. And it's this set routine you follow that almost helps you get focused into what you're going to do for the day. Yeah. It's super important for me. Um, I, for the longest time, one of my weak areas has been, um, when I don't have that routine. So like I would never read my Bible on the weekends and I would never read my Bible if I was off work. So July 4th, Monday morning, wake up, you know, I'm sleeping in worst case scenario. I'm waking up with the kids at seven 30, not, you know, no big deal. Um, but recently, probably within the last six months or so, I've decided that I need to continue that discipline. So even though I'm off on vacation, I need to still wake up early um, because I know otherwise I'm not going to get in a quiet time. Even if there is some time with the kid, when the kids are playing quietly, I know that it's not going to be a you know quality time. So just making sure that that is a set time every morning. Um, I enjoy it, you know, because I have kids. It's a quiet time for me um, to get away um, and just have some time to myself and, and spend that time with the Lord. So yeah, definitely, you know, coffee in hand coming down into the basement is quiet um, every now and then I'll mix it up and spin it out on the porch, but coffee in hand, have a time place and a plan ready to go. Um, and that helps tremendously with consistency. Hmm. How does your morning routine differ from the days that you do work and you get up early or the days you sleep in a little bit and take care of the kids in the morning, but also have your quiet time? Um, I think so on a day, the days are rare when I sleep in and still get a quiet time. Um, so usually like, you know, as a dad, one of my favorite things is, um, you know, just staying in bed and the kids wake up and, you know, we have a toddler now and, um, he'll run into the room and just jump in the bed and want to, you know, mess around and play, uh, with my wife and I in bed and my wife will go get the baby and bring him in and, I'll just have family time, you know, cuddling in bed and, um, and then we, you know, get up, make breakfast. And maybe if I'm lucky, um, you know, the kids will be playing quietly and I'll be able to sit and read my Bible, but it won't be like a focused time. Um, if anything, it's just going to be kind of a little, maybe a check-in, maybe I'm reading a short devotion. Um, I've been doing that for probably the last year and a half. I've been going through uh, Paul Tripp's New Morning Mercies. Um, they're kind of just short one-page devotionals, just as like the primer to get me into my time. So if I don't wake up and have that time before the kids wake up, my quiet time's very limited. Um, and you know, my wife is an amazing woman. She has the ability to still have you know quality time in the Word while the kids are just like sowing chaos all around. Being a her. tornado everywhere. Yeah. In, in mid-morning, she's like, you know, deep in the word. She's journaling through, you know, whatever devotion or whatever journal or passage she's in. And the kids are like, wah! And I'm like, are you? And it's kind of funny. Sometimes I'll be doing something and I'll ask her if I'm distracting her from like reading or something. And she's like, no, we have two kids. And I'll sit there and read my Bible or read a book for hours without, you know, distraction. I'm like, all right, that's good for you. I can't do that. Go her. Yeah. So I absolutely need that time um, before the kids wake up. 
uh, to myself to have that focus time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think similar to you starting out when I first began to want to read my Bible on my own was probably back senior year of high school, but I had no plan whatsoever. And I think there were <laughs> Do any 18 year old boys that, have plans. No, no 18 year old boys have plans, except <laughs> I might go to college or I'm going to not go to college. And that's your only plan. So what I decided to do was I'm going to ignore the church service because that pastor can't know what he's talking about. I've done about. that. I've done and that. I'm going to, I'm going to read my Bible instead. <laughs> so I remember specifically that. thinking that to myself for whatever immature high school reason. Yeah. And then I just went and I read through acts over and over again. And I got okay. this idea in my head that the first century church was infinitely superior to our modern day church, which sounds like a cool idea until you read all of Paul's later letters and you see all the things that their churches are struggling with. That's yeah. yeah and it's like, true. wait, no, yeah. they're just sinners trying to pursue Christ. Yeah. Also messing up along the way. Also yeah. receiving maybe, grace along the way. Maybe the first like month or two were pretty good. Yeah. The first and month then, or two yeah. were banging. After yeah. that, people started to get a little tuckered out and things went yeah. a little sideways from time to time. But there was always pretty grace. much just like marriage. <laughs> the honeymoon period and then month or two, you get a little tuckered out and you start button yeah. heads. Yeah. Then you learn to get along. And that's how it is with yep. your relationship with Christ too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, how did you grow from, from that? How I grew from that? Well, for a long time, I think my first year or two in college, I wasn't super consistent with reading the word. I knew that it was something that I should do. I knew that it was something that I should wake up earlier for. And I knew that I didn't want to get up before eight o'clock for my 8.30 class. So I didn't. <laughs> surprised you got up for your 8 30 class i skipped so many of those <laughs> yeah so needless to say the first couple of years of college my quiet times were kind of lackluster um later on i finally got hooked more on reading scripture but i still didn't build much of a plan um building a plan and that's something i'll talk about here in a few minutes is something that's really helped me but what i started to do later on is i would either have times where i would sit and study the bible and i got good at doing these inductive studies uh, there was no reason why I studied the book that I was studying. I just did it because I wanted to do it, right. which is an okay reason. Or I would just read mass amounts of scripture at a time, but not really consume it, mm -hmm. kind of read it to know the general idea of what's going on, but not sit and meditate on the scripture. Mm -hmm. There was like I was doing 50% of the work. I was consuming it on one level, but not really letting it seep in and abiding in it if that makes sense mm -hmm. so something i learned to do later on was to really slow down and take more time to commit to being in the word daily and not just when i have time for it or not just three or four days a week but also five and six and seven days where i need to get up every morning and I don't have kids right now. So on a Saturday or the Saturday and Sunday when I can sleep in before I go to church, I can get up and I can have a quiet time before I go off and do the rest of the stuff during the day. Mm -hmm. So it was getting into a routine of always spending my mornings in the word. 
And then also being disciplined of, hey, sometimes I oversleep. Sometimes I hit snooze on my alarm when I don't mean to. And it's being disciplined enough when saying, hey, when I get home from work today, I need to spend some time in the word because I missed that time this morning. Right. So I, I can't just skip it because my time with Christ is important. Do you think that affects your day if you miss it in the morning? Oh, it definitely affects my day when I miss it in the morning. I think I grumble and complain more. When I miss it in the morning, I am not having uh, kind of like a Christocentric lens that I'm trying to live my life through for that day. Mm-hmm. I think it's just what easier. What does Christocentric me mean? Christocentric means for those non-missionary or non-ministry, uh, non-folks uh, out here. Yeah, who don't those non-folks out there. Yeah. Uh, so Christocentric means you look everything, you look at everything the way I picture is through like jesus classes okay so you want to think about it the way jesus would and you want to think about how you can bring jesus into a situation so christocentric for in the, a situation christocentric for the theologian jesus glasses for the layman yeah got it yeah it's making everything christ-centered perfect so on those days when i don't wake up and renew my heart and my mind in the mm-hmm. word it is yeah. a whole lot harder to do that throughout the day, especially when frustrations yeah. come up. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the two most important things that I've found that have helped me really get in the word and build a routine over time is knowing what you're doing and why. Mm-hmm. So we'll unpack that for a second. And then making sure you fall into a routine that's comfortable for you. So not making yourself uncomfortable every single day to do it. That makes sense. I mean, I wake up at 5.45. That's pretty uncomfortable. That's pretty uncomfortable until it becomes <laughs> comfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. When, when you get old enough and you're just waking up at five, your body just wakes up at 5.40 or five, the worst is 5.44 every morning. Oh, that's, that sucks. But you're right. I am pretty comfortable with that. Well, I'll tell a little story real quick. So I was in the routine of waking up at like 5.45, 6 for my quiet times before mm-hmm. the month of June. And a lot of the month of June, my wife and I were traveling and I wasn't working and I would still wake up at six o'clock every morning Oh, that sucks! on vacation when we have nothing going on without fail every single day. I mean, it's not the worst. It's not the worst. And it's because I probably softened. Yes. Probably softened the blow going back to work. Yeah. And it still allowed me to have that time with christ in the morning yeah. Oh, yeah and then i don't have to be anywhere at 7 30 or 8 there you go yeah so but so first know what you're doing and why so mm-hmm. what i mean by know what you're doing and why is hey i'm going to read through the gospels have a plan for how you're going to read through the gospels and know why you're going to do it so the reason that i am reading through john right now is because I haven't gone through methodically journaled through a gospel in probably four or five or six months. Mm-hmm. That's something yeah, I want time. to intentionally yeah. do probably sure. every six months mm-hmm. because the gospel is the core of scripture. It's the most important yep. thing. So I want to go through one of those every six months and then know what you're doing. So have an idea of how you're doing it. So something that I do that I know Kelly also does is something called a hear journal. <laughs> so Kelly, walk us through what a hear journal is. 
I would love to, Nick. I'm so glad you asked. So here journal stands for highlight, explain, apply, and respond. And it's super simple. So you're really only doing like two and a half of the letters because the highlight is just picking the verse or the passage that you're going to journal on. And for me, it's actually, you know, I kind of gloss over it, but for me, it's one of the more important steps. Um, it's not just like highlighting it, but in your journal, writing out the verse that stands out to you, because it is one thing to read it, and it is an entirely different thing to write it down word by word. I can't even tell you how many, it's probably one out of every two, maybe three out of four times when I've said, oh, this is a good verse. I'm going to journal on this. And I write it out and my application or what is coming out or coming alive from the verse comes alive from my writing out, writing out the verse, not from my reading it. Because just going word for word, you notice the sentence structure, you, you know, different words pop out to you. It's crazy how much you get just from writing out the verse. So that's highlight, you know, highlight or write out the verse. Explain in your own words, explain basically, don't try to interpret, you're not applying any analysis, you're just essentially rewriting the verses in your own words. What is this saying? Some verses need that a little more than others. You know, he wept, he cried. You know, that, that's the verse. You know, Jesus, Jesus cried. Sad. Yeah, His exactly. friend died. Jesus he was sad. sad. That's it. So you just, you know, write in. You're not saying, well, Jesus was sad because Lazarus was. No, you're not interpreting nothing. You're just saying, Jesus, sad. That's it. And then the application is where you apply that verse to your life. Um, you know, if we really want to dig into he wept, you know, like Jesus knows us intimately and he knows me intimately. And what does that mean for my life? Um, what does that mean for my day to day? Um, and how does that change, you know, how I live my life? And then, uh, so that's A for application. And then R is your response. How are you responding to that verse? How are you responding to the specific application that you called out in that verse? That's, you know, could be through a prayer, could be through like an action step. Um, you know, like I wanted to do these things. I want to change this about my life, or I want to change this about, you know, my disciplines or my habits or the way I treat other people. Um, you know, some sort of response to that verse. Um, so the here journal comes from a guy named Robbie Gallaty, uh, who's just a fantastic uh, disciple maker. He's got a great website. I believe it's replicate or replicate ministries.org. Um, if you just Google Robbie Gallaty and replicate, you'll be able to find it. He's got some fantastic stuff um, and more resources on the here journal as well. That's uh, the awesome. end of my uh, Ted talk for here journals. Thanks Kelly. And my second big point here is make sure you fall into a routine that is comfortable for you, especially when yeah. you're getting in the word and you want to build a healthy habit that you enjoy doing. I mean, if you're a person that absolutely can't wake up early in the morning and have a good time and focus, mm -hmm. then don't do it first thing at five o'clock in the morning <laughs> because you're not going to do yourself any favors. Yeah, uh, it's easy however, to quit. However, for most people, you can wake up in the morning, you can have a cup of coffee, and you can get up 30 or 40 minutes earlier than what you're getting up right now. Yeah. You can do it. You can go to bed 20 minutes earlier if you need to, and you can go make yourself a cup of coffee, and you can find a comfortable chair to sit in your house. You can turn a lamp on. 
Yeah. You can read some scripture. You can pray about it as you go and you can journal on it. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I think this will transition us really well to the, how this applies to fitness. Um, because, you know, for me starting out, I don't know about you, Nick, but I think for me, you know, is a, a 20 minutes or a 15 or 30 minutes. You know, I will wake up at 630. I have to start my day at seven. That's probably how it was, you know, really early on. And then it grew to like, oh man, you know, I just am not having enough time. I think I can make it 615, you know, so let's turn that 30 into 45 minutes. And then it was like, well, 45 minutes is really not that long. You're kind of close. I'm kind of putzing around a little bit. I'm on my phone too much at the beginning, if we're being honest. So that 45 is really more like 20. So let's, let's, I think I can push it to six. Let's do six. And, you know, pretty soon that, you know, 20 minutes turns into an hour, turns into an hour and a half. And, you know, for me, that's how I started. Um, I think early on in our marriage, I was waking up at like 630 maybe and spending just a little bit of time. And now, you know, I'm waking up super early. I need an hour to sit and, and drink my coffee and wake up and, and be with the Lord. Um, and it's really the same for like how I started working out, you know, like, oh, I'm going to just run a mile today, or I'm just going to do 10 pushups, or I'm just going to do five pull-ups, um, or I'm just going to walk around the block. And that, you know, has turned into huge, you know, workout, um, routines and spending you know 45 minutes or an hour hour 15 minutes and you know the same type deal where it's like well i need to wake up early so i can you know get my quiet time in get my workout in it's like well i need more time for my quiet time and i need more time for my workout so i'm just going to keep pushing this you know deeper and deeper and there have been days where i have woken up at you know 5 30 and i probably need to work wake up earlier um, if I had a hard time to be at work, I definitely would be waking up earlier because uh, I tend to be, you know, I'm a half hour late to work when I have long workouts and long quiet times. So, um, so yeah, so let's uh, swing to, to fitness, Nick. Um, how did you, you know, start building a, a fitness routine? You're in a new season of life. How are you going to start, start working on a, on a fitness routine? Get back into weightlifting because I know how much you love weightlifting and not running right well i can't run like i used to back in high school so yes i'm more into weightlifting now but uh so the routine that i've fallen into and i'll just share with you guys the routine that i'm building because my wife and i have just moved two hours from where we lived before we have a completely different schedule in life she is becoming a full-time grad student and i am working 40 50 hour weeks to new job so it's where do i fit in my quiet time I'm going to make it in the morning and where do we fit in working out because that's important to us mm-hmm. so what it looks like for me is i wake up at 5 10 in the morning 5 10 in the morning 5 10 in the morning yep and i felt really good about 5 45 dude i went to 5 10 early. in the morning i i putz around a little bit because it's 5 10 in the morning and i'm not used to that yet i'm getting up but good it's coffee, early yeah, right yeah yeah so i get my workout I get my iced coffee out of the refrigerator. I don't even work out in the morning though, Kelly. I don't work out in the morning. Oh no. (laughs) So I get my iced coffee out of the fridge. Uh, My dog follows me out. Then he's like, man, I want to go outside. So I take him outside. I bring him back inside. So it's been 15 minutes since I woke up. So I sit down on my chair, crack my Bible open. I pray. I ask God to show me what he wants to show me, help me to focus because I'm tired and give me a little energy. 
and he always answers that prayer and answer that yep. prayer for you guys mm-hmm. and then i read what i'm reading so i'm reading through john right now so yesterday i read john 5 today i read john 6 tomorrow i will read john 7 and i have a plan for what i'm going to do and the routine i'm setting is i'm going to get up at 5 10 in the morning and i'm going to do my quiet time and then when my quiet time's over about 6 15 6 20 I'll put a bagel in the toaster. I will make my lunch and I will leave for work at 6 30. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's I go to work problem. at seven. Yeah. That's and then the problem. And then later in the day, I get home around four o'clock. So what my wife and I have decided is every day when I get home from work or around four o'clock, between four and five. So when I get home from work, we stop what we're doing, we talk for a few minutes, and then we go to the gym and we work out together. Okay. And then what I've done is just made myself a basic workout routine to get started with. So I just do push days, I do pull days, and I do leg days. And I'm keeping it it really simple to start out with, and I'll get more detailed later. Body part splits are dumb. So. All right. That's what I'm doing right now. And it's a routine that works for me right now. And I'm building it and adding to it and making it more intricate over time. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Man. Oof, I wouldn't work out in the morning either if I had to be at work at seven. <laughs> seven. <laughs> if the work be... was 20, 25 minutes away. I'd be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. It's a doozy. All right. That's fair. Wow. Yeah. But right. what about you, Kelly? Nice. How do you build your routine working out? I mean, you know how I got into like working out steadily is so crazy. And I mean, I think that's like why we decided to do the podcast because, you know, we see so many um, similarities between, you know, spiritual disciplines and physical disciplines. Um, And, you know, the spiritual disciplines have to inform the physical disciplines. Otherwise it become an idol, but, you know, there's so many parallels for me in terms of how I started, you know, establishing an actual workout routine, you know, I'd read my Bible haphazardly and I would work out haphazardly, um, you know, without a plan or anything, um, started, uh, probably establishing a, a, a solid, real solid routine, um, probably about a year and a half ago. Um, just, you know, same thing, waking up, um, and, you know, like I said, you know, it grew, you know, it was 20 minute weight circuits, or wow, circuits, weight circuits, uh, which if you don't want a circuit is it's basically where you have this list of, you know, four to six, maybe eight exercises. And you just do them all in succession uh, with no rest in between. Then you rest for a little bit and then you do it again. Um, and I would like to try to see how many circuits I could do in a given time frame, you know, a short on time or whatever. So I try to do, do that. And that was okay. But, uh, you know, again, like you said, you know, there's no, it, I guess I didn't really have any goals. I just wanted to work out and lift weights. And, uh, I probably would have had, <laughs> could have told you a goal if you'd asked me, um, but I didn't at the time. Um, but you know, I started to love it and enjoy it. And so just like my time in the word, it t- started to grow like, okay, this 20 minutes needs to turn into 30 you know, I need to add some stuff. I need to add some spiritual meat to it, you know, some physical meat to it. And then you start doing squats and you start doing some real, you know, um, 
stuff, start seeking resources. So just like, you know, starting to journal and figuring out how to read your Bible, you look to other people and you ask other people and you read books and seek out these resources on how to improve your time in the word, you know, started listening to podcasts and reading blog posts and YouTube videos and, you know, how do, um, how do I get where I want to be? Um, you know, started lifting heavier, um, was one of the big things, stop doing circuits, which, um, for my CrossFit people, that's just cardio with weights. Um, that's fine. You can come at me. I'll defend, I'll die on that hill all day. Um, <clears throat> so stop doing cardio with weights, started lifting heavier. Um, you know, same thing in the morning. Um, so now my routine is pretty set, wake up, do the quiet time, get ready, um, for my workout, get some electrolytes going, go down, turn the music on and, you know, get after it and then go get ready for work. Um, and you know, that 20 minutes has turned into 45 minutes to an hour. Um, <clears throat> now we're, and you know, I'm getting older. Uh, so there's some wear and tear on my body. The body needs, um, a little bit of maintenance every now and then. So um, you know, lifting two or three times a week. I probably, right now, I'm actually playing ultimate Frisbee um, in our summer league once a week. So I'm only lifting once a week. So um, I'm not putting my body through the ringer too much, um, but doing mobility um, and stretching. That's, uh, you know, some active stretching, some light, light active recovery um, when I'm not lifting. Um, so yeah, just the same thing. You know, I love, you know, sitting and being in the word. And I love, you know, going into our little workout room and moving some weight around. Um, you know, just having that consistency and time in there, time under tension, you know, just really starting to enjoy it. And I'm probably the hardest thing right now. I'm kind of working through some injuries and some, some mobility and joint issues right now. The hardest thing is not just being in, able to go in there and, you know, crank out some squats or crank out some deadlifts and feeling like my workouts are not, effective because I'm not able to do the work that I want to do, but that's another story for another episode. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's my, my, my workout routine has definitely evolved, but, uh, again, same thing. Consistency is key. Um, having a plan is key. Um, and I think through both of those things, my love for both of those things has grown. I think the last thing I want to reiterate for everybody is, uh, I think one of the key things here, and I've said it multiple times, is just know what you're going to do and know why you're going to do it. And we know that's important for scripture, but I think what can help us understand that better is when we look at working out as an analogy, where if I go to work out and I have no plan, um, yes, I can make gains. Yes, I can get stronger. But if I go in and I go like, I'm going to go run two miles today and tomorrow I'm going to only deadlift. And then the next day I'm going to do some CrossFit training. And the next day I'm going to do this other thing. And it's just a random sporadic hit and miss. You'll probably get stronger. You're going to tire yourself out. You're going to get exhausted and you'll probably end up injuring yourself at some point. And I think the same thing can happen if you go into it and you're saying, hey, I want to get in the word. I'm going to start going an hour a day doing this, an hour a day doing this. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to do three studies. I'm going to spend a bunch of time praying. I'm going to see God do all these things. And man, your heart's in an awesome spot and you are going to get exhausted because you don't have a real plan for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. 
So my really big encouragement is set a realistic plan that you can handle and grow it over time. So if it's fitness and you want to run, set up a running plan that you know you can follow. If you want to lift, start a lifting plan you know you can follow with progressive overload over time, slowly increasing your weight. Because mm-hmm. that's how you get better over time. Mm-hmm. And I think we can use a lot of those principles and also apply them to our spiritual life and saying, hey, I just know that how my brain works, I can focus this long and I can get this out of it. Anything longer than that is going to tire me out. And God's going to use the time that you spend with him to grow you over time. Yeah. And I think it's really important. Like if you're a person who, you know, hasn't established those disciplines yet to start like Nick was saying, you know, with something, um, you know, realistic. So like if that's fitness, you know, and you don't have access to a squat rack, you don't have access to, you know, a ton of dumbbells or whatever. And you're just like, man, I need to be active. I need to move. You know, I don't like my health and fitness level. Now I want to be somewhere or if not just starting, you know, starting with, you know, a 10 minute walk in the morning, a 15 minute walk in the morning, starting with, you know, walking after every meal, um, you know, trying to, you know, doing, do a, a push up or, you know, do five push ups or do, you know, a couple sets of five push ups, do some knee push ups, you know, starting with something that's accessible and, and easy to get into. Um, you know, if you don't have the spiritual disciplines, you know, establish it, you know, read through John you know, read through John with Nick, you know, chapter one, um, and just let it come. Um, and I think your love for those things will continue to grow. Um, you know, there's a lot of authors out there, you know, Tim Keller comes to mind, who says a lot, you know, like doing the, doing the acts of love, even if you don't mean it, um, will still grow your love for those things. So even if you don't like working Mm -hmm. out right now, but you start to go on walks, you start going on a 10 minute walk that turns into 15. And pretty soon you're going on half hour walks every day. You're going to like how that feels. I guarantee mm-hmm. you, I guarantee you, you know, you don't like doing push-ups. You don't like doing pull-ups. They suck. Well, you start doing a couple of them, you know, a couple times a week, you're going to like how that feels. You're going to start to like how, you know, your arms look in the mirror a little bit. You're going to see the results gonna, and you're going to feel the exactly. results and you're going to be proud of yourself. Exactly. And the same thing with John, like, you know, you start reading John, I guarantee you by John 15, my favorite book of the Bible, chapter of the book Bible, um, you're going to love to get into God's word and meet him every day. Um, And, you know, that's kind of, you know, one of the biggest acts of faith that we, you know, as believers can take is just trusting God to meet us in the scripture. He promises that he will. Um, you know, he's, you know, promises that his word will not return empty to him. Um, you know, so just getting in the word um, and trusting him to meet you there. Um, even if it's just one chapter at a time, establishing that discipline, he will. And, and, you know, both those things will come. 